Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another edition of E.W. Jackson for America. I'm glad to be with you again this morning. We are watching the unfolding saga uh, on Capitol Hill in the effort to elect a speaker, a Republican speaker of the House. I think we've gone through six votes now. I think they'll do to start. They're due to start the seventh vote today at 12 noon. Who knows how that's all going to work out? Um, I, I will say this. I've heard people saying that these 20 now, it's 20. I think, in fact, I saw this morning, I think it's 21. So the numbers are not going Kevin McCarthy's way because I think they picked up another supporter uh, who is not going to vote for Kevin McCarthy, or at least so far they haven't been willing to do six votes. People saying they ought to back off, they ought to back down. It's time to, to, to call, to, to throw in the towel. But I, I think it was Lauren Biebert who said, well, why don't they encourage Kevin McCarthy to step down? Why don't they encourage Kevin McCarthy to say, well, you know what? I don't have the votes. I'm not going to get the votes. We need to be looking to another leader who can help lead the Republican caucus as Speaker of the House. And it's just, it's just time to move on. I think that that's just as valid a point as saying that those people who are opposed to McCarthy need to step back. McCarthy doesn't have the votes. Now, we can go through all kinds of analysis about them, why he doesn't have the votes, but he doesn't have the votes. And when you don't have the votes, you can't be whatever the office is that you're seeking. I mean, I've run for office now three times. I didn't get the votes to win. So that's just the way it works. Uh, so they've got to... They've, they've got to They've got to look to other leadership, in my view. They've got to look to other leadership. Kevin McCarthy is simply not going to make the grade. Okay? He's just not. My prediction is that it, there, there, there will be a Republican Speaker of the House and it will not be Kevin McCarthy. That's my prediction. Because I think that the people who are opposed to him are dug in and are not going to relent. Now, the question is, is he going to relent? Because... In the same way people say, well, about them, well, it's their egos, it's this, that, and the other. Well, you could argue the same thing about him. It's his ego. He wants to be speaker, and he doesn't care what it takes. He doesn't care whether he's got the votes or not. He is going to try to wear people down until he finally gets what he wants. You could call, <coughs> excuse me, you could call that egotistical. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying that, that cuts both ways when people make these arguments. So as far as I'm concerned, of course, I think that these rebels right now are on the right track. I think that what they are saying is we do not trust Kevin McCarthy to be reliably conservative when the chips are down and we want somebody who we can trust and it's not Kevin McCarthy. Who that person is, I don't know. The, the, um, well, you know what, before I get into all of that, let me also mention for those of you who are watching me in the area, We've got our Martin Luther King Leadership Breakfast coming up on January the 16th. Uh, this is a premier event. I've already talked about it. I won't go into the details again today, except to say it is, it is counter to the spirit of Black Lives Matter and the 1619 Project and critical race theory and all this mess that seeks to divide us as a nation. This breakfast seeks to bring us together as Americans across racial and cultural lines to celebrate our giftedness and our abilities and the, the heroic efforts of so many 
providing leadership in our community, including our first responders, police, firefighters. We don't vilify them. We honor them every single year. Keynote speaker, Pastor Iverson Jackson, retired lieutenant colonel and pastor uh, in the Army and pastor of Zoe Community Church in Little Rock, Arkansas. So uh, that will be in Chesapeake, Virginia, January 16th, 10 a.m. at the Chesapeake Marriott. You can obtain tickets, by the way, at thecalled.org. That's T-H-E-C-A-L-L-E-D, thecalled.org. And by the way, stand by, folks, because we're going to give away some tickets. As a result of our generous sponsors, we will have some complimentary tickets available to give away. If you are interested in a complimentary ticket, we will give away those that we have. We haven't yet reached a point where we, fig we figured out how many we've got, but we will give away those that we have on a first come, first serve basis. The tickets are $35. We have had to raise the prices. If you want a complimentary ticket or you want to get a ticket, but you want to bring some other people like your children and you can't afford to buy tickets for your children, this is a great event for kids to come to, by the way. We're honoring two students. But if you want to be a part of that, Go to our website, go to thecall.org, and sign up and say, however many complimentary tickets you want, let us know and give us a way to get in touch with you, and then we will get back to you to confirm that we have those complimentary tickets available for you. We want people to experience this, and as a result of our generous donors, uh, we, we're going to have some tickets available for people who might not be able to come otherwise, and we want to make sure that we share those with you. That's January 16th, 10 p.m., 10 p.m., 10 a.m. Uh, at the Chesapeake Marriott, 725 Woodlake Drive in Chesapeake. You don't want to miss this. It's going to be a premier event. You will love it. By the way, I will be giving, uh, I will be signing books. I won't be giving them away, I'll be, but I will be signing books at the Martin Luther King Leadership Breakfast. And remember, if you want to sign up as a Patriot Partner, with a minimum donation of $25 a month or a one-time donation of $500 and a commitment to stick with us from year to year with that, comp with that $500 contribution, I will send you a signed numbered copy of my book. Those are coming in too, folks. They're pouring in. I've got a list of books to sign now. And uh, believe me, they're gonna get signed and numbered and get off to you. So that's a Patriot Partnership at a minimum of $25 a month or a one-time contribution of $500 with a commitment to do that every single year. We need people who are going to stick with us. That's what we're aiming for. My goal uh, by the end of 2023 is 500. By the end of uh, 2024, 1,000. But my ultimate goal is 1 million Patriot partners from across America. 1 million Patriot partners from across America. We can do it. We can do it. I know we can do it. One million Patriot partners. Let me just say this. Stacey Abrams ran through $100 million given to her by George Soros and a bunch of other pinheaded billionaires. And they're, they're, apparently her organizations are now bankrupt. I think she's wealthy as a result of having been financed by her sugar daddy, um, George Soros. The, the, the communist puppeteer, or I don't know what to call him, the authoritarian puppeteer, whatever you want to call him. But we operate on a shoestring compared to that. On a shoestring compared to that. 
And that's why we're, we're raising up grassroots donors who will be with us through the crucible as we try to save this country, who will be with us month in and month out. Five bucks, 10 bucks, 15, 20, 25. To get the book, you gotta give 25. But, but whatever it is, we appreciate our Patriot partners because they make it possible for us to do the things that we are called by God to do. Okay. Uh, I want to, to bring up uh, two issues that I want to hit today. Um, let's see. I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm doing well on time here. Doing well on time. Uh, um, oh, yeah. I, I, I've got it. I've got it. Uh, the first issue I want to bring up is, oh, and by the way, I'm back on Twitter under EWJ4, the number four, EWJ4 America, EWJ number four America. That's my new Twitter handle. I was on under EW Jackson SR. They shut down my account. Um, as far as I know, Elon Musk has not, has not reinstated my account. I guess I'm a small, I'm small fish compared to the, you know, the, the, the really big time celebrities that he's he's catering to, uh, but he had, he needs to have somebody go through and and re um, instate people like me, who were kicked off of Twitter for no good reason whatsoever. So, uh, if you are are using Twitter, if you are on Twitter, and you want to follow me, it's EWJ Number Four America. Um, I tweeted about this, uh, Cory Bush, you know who Cory Bush is, right? This, this woman is, she's the congresswoman from Missouri because, because Byron Donald's name has been mentioned as a possible speaker candidate and he's gotten a few votes. I mean, I think the vote switched from Jim Jordan over to Byron Donald's. I don't think Byron Donald's going to be speaker. It'd be great if he were, if he were, if his colleagues think he could do that job and they, and they give it to him. Praise God. I, I'm, I'm glad for it. And, and notice, I don't just jump on the bandwagon because I don't think racially. I don't think, oh, he's black. Yes, he needs to be speaker. Well, the best person needs to be speaker. And that may well be Byron Donald's and praise God if it is, it'll be, it would be historic. It'd be wonderful. But the best person to do that job needs to be speaker, and, and some of his, a bunch of his colleagues really think that he is the right person. I don't think that's going to happen because I just think, think he's too, too young in Congress and too far from the number of votes needed to get there. But I wouldn't rule it out. I'm not saying it can't happen or that it won't. I just say I don't think it's going to happen. I, I think it's more likely to be a Steve Scalise or somebody else who's been there long enough that they can kind of garner the support and confidence of their colleagues um, and, and uh, who, who know them well enough to feel like, you know what, I can put my vote, I can trust my vote to this person and believe that this person uh, will do a good job. And I'm not saying Byron Donalds can't, I'm just saying I don't know if there's enough of his colleagues who believe that he can yet because he's really just, he's in his second term. He just got there. But that aside, because his name has been mentioned, Corey Bush tweeted out a scurrilous attack on him. 
Quote, Byron Donalds is not a historic candidate for speaker. He is a prop. Despite being black, he supports a policy agenda on upholding and perpetuating white supremacy. His name being in the mix is not progress, it's pathetic. Now, sometimes you don't know what to say for people. What I can say about Cori Bush that comes to mind for me is that she is, is a godless, disgusting, racist human being. She needs to be saved. She needs to repent because she is a godless, disgusting, racist human being. She didn't have to say anything. But what this also tells me is she's so self-absorbed and so full of envy and jealousy that she could not, she could not let the moment pass with an opportunity to attack Byron Donalds. And by the way, she is one of those people who's always black this, black that, black this, black that, black this, black that. But even though Byron Donalds is black, she couldn't even give the man his due since he clearly has an ideological perspective that is different from hers. His perspective agrees with mine. She, she could not except that he was getting the accolades of his colleagues and she had to issue this racist attack on him. Now, these people throw these broadsides this way and you wonder what in the world are they talking about? What are they talking about? Because they never get into specifics about exactly what white supremacy doctrines, ideas, Byron Donald supports. They just kind of throw the accusation out there. So in other words, unless you are a Marxist, socialist, died in the wool, racist, collectivist like her, totalitarianist like her, you are in favor of white supremacy. Because after all, anything that doesn't agree with her is white supremacy. Right? I mean, that just goes to show, that's what I say, you know, you, 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 you struggle for words because, you know, on one level, the woman's just really bat crazy. She's incapable of rational thought because she can't assess the, the, the thought process, the analysis that a Byron Donalds or an E.W. Jackson or you name the black conservative goes through to reach our conclusion. She can't, she's incapable of assessing that. She lacks the intellectual ability to do that. Well, she's certainly never refined it if she has it. All she knows how to do is engage in demagoguery and, and racism and hatred and venom against people who don't agree with her. That's why I tell you, these people, they don't, they don't carry the Communist Party card with them, but these people are communists because they think like communists. See, the way communists think is, if you don't agree with me, you deserve to be destroyed. If you don't agree with me, you ought to be in a gulag or something. 
his name being in the mix is not progress, it's pathetic. Because from her perspective, the Republican Party, being a white supremacist party, would only see a black person rise to prominence who is also a white supremacist. I mean, that's the bizarre thinking that she's going through. Which again, I mean, it's almost certifiable. It's obsessive. It's psychotic. I mean, it's almost sociopathic. See, people to me who think this way are the same people who, when communists take over in countries, execute folks that they believe are counter-revolutionary. The same, it's, the, it's the same mindset. A person who does not agree with me doesn't deserve to breathe the air. Now, somebody think, well, aren't you basically treating Cori Bush the same way? No, because I love Cori Bush. I pray for her. I just said at the very beginning, I want her soul to be saved. I don't want to destroy it. But I, I certainly want to debunk her ideas. I want to make clear that her ideas are anathema to what any human being ought to think. They're anathema to American values. They're certainly anathema to biblical values. So let, let me just make this very plain. Byron Donalds, Representative Byron Donalds, Bishop E.W. Jackson, Dr. Alvita King are just as black as Cori Bush is. And, and we've never stopped being black. <laughs> we will never stop being black. And we care about the fate of the black community. Of course, I care about all of America and all Americans. I certainly care about the fate of the black community because that's where I come from. That's the community from which I come. That's my ancestral genetic background. And, and I grew up in a, a, a black community. And I've seen the poverty. I've seen the crime. I've seen the dysfunction. I've seen the lack of education. I've experienced all of that. And of course, I want to help solve those problems. My conclusions on how to do that are just very different than Cori Bush's. Because where Cori Bush would say, We've got to have some collectivist solution that requires extreme government intervention, that requires reparations, that requires extreme government power and authority and exercise over people who are not black or are not of African ancestry to exact from them some punishment, some payment that they are owed, that they owe to the black community because of the wrongs that were done in the past or the, and the systemic racism and all that. that, that those are our solutions. Well, guess what? We've been doing that stuff for the last 60 years. We spent over $3 trillion plus, and you still got crime. You still got poverty. You've got a worse family situation than you had when they started this process. And so it seems to me it is not a Byron Donalds being considered a speaker that is regression. It is a Cori Bush who wants to keep doing the same thing over and over and over again that has caused the black community to regress rather than progress. Progressivism is a lie. Progressivism is an, it's, it's a joke because what progressivism does is really caused people to regress. And that's exactly what it's done for the black community. 
regression. Regression into isolation, regression into segregation, regression into victimization, regression into a lack of education, regression into to unstable and dysfunctional families that aren't raising children to be productive members of society and productive citizens in our constitutional republic. All of that is regression. That's not progress. That's, that's, that's worse than stagnation. It's going backwards. Segregation. You got to have your own black dormitory. You got to have your own black graduation. You got to have your own black this, your own black that, as opposed to being American, part of the broader community. We got to isolate. I said this in my sermon on Sunday. Isolation leads to regression. Isolation leads to ignorance. Isolation leads to stagnation and deterioration. Now that's a lesson of history. And anybody who's a student of history knows what I'm talking about. Any people that are isolated tend to stagnate or regress while the world passes them by. And yet this is what's being promoted as some kind of solution. Isolation, separatism, segregation. Yeah, I, 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 folks, I can't help but say this because I really believe it. I'm not trying to be glib or cute or smart or, or, or I'm not trying to be a smart aleck or to be sarcastic when I say this. But you know, wouldn't these people like Cori Bush, wouldn't they be happier if they left our country and lived somewhere else? I mean, really, wouldn't they? America's the worst place in the world to hear them tell it. Why not go someplace else? And leave this country to those of us who love it. And those of us who believe in it, those of us who believe that America is fundamentally decent, fundamentally good, and fundamentally fair, and that we all want that for every single one of our citizens, regardless of their complexion, leave it to us and go somewhere else where you really think it is fair, where you think it's not white supremacist, and go live there and be happy rather than staying here and being miserable and trying to make all of us miserable with you. Well, I applaud Byron Donalds, and I, I, am, I am grateful to God that our country has gotten to a point where there are people standing up and saying, we voted, we had a black president, that wasn't enough. And people standing up and saying, here's, if, if God, for, God forbid that the Democrats take over again because Hakeem Jeffries would become Speaker of the House, and that would be a disaster, not because of the color of Hakeem Jeffries' skin, but because of the way Hakeem Jeffries thinks. My goodness, it's not the color of the skin, it's the content of the character. So for the first time in history, you had two names being offered up as speaker from the Republican side and the Democrat side, both black. From a people who are less than 13% of the population last calculation I did, less than 13% of the population. And most, many, I'm not sure Byron Donald's background, but we're, many are the descendants of slaves. And now look, that's why I love this country. That's why I celebrate America. That's why I'm committed to saving this country and seeing to it that this nation is preserved and seeing to it that the vision is fulfilled of one nation under God 
indivisible with liberty and justice for all. That's why I'm committed to that idea. It's the greatest place on earth for anybody to live, regardless of where your ancestors came from. And we're not going to let the likes of Cori Bush take that away or erase that with stupid rhetoric. So Byron Donalds, this American of African ancestry, this black American has, has had his name offered up to be Speaker of the House and praise God for it, not simply because of the color of his skin. I mean, we're, we're, when history is broken, people are going to point that out. I hope we'll, I look forward to the time when there's no longer a need to be pointing out, oh, this, look, first black this, first black that, first, I mean, I really do. I just, I just want to see people looked at as people. But nevertheless, I am grateful to God to be in a country that transcended the tribalism and the divisions in a way that no other country has to this day. No other country has. That's why you're able to have two candidates for the Speaker of the House, both of whom are black. That's why. Because that's the nature of America. America was not created as a white supremacist country. It was created as a free nation based upon principles that, yes, did not immediately apply to everyone because, folks, even biblical revelation is progressive. People don't get it all right always on the first try. It takes time. And in the context of the world and the circumstances of the world, America is remarkable in how we have transcended the things that cause other people to fracture and self-destruct. I mean, my goodness, it wasn't, what, 26 years ago, 20, 28 years ago, that we had the Rwandan genocide, 1994, I believe, where you had the, 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 the Hutus trying to wipe out the Tutsis. All Africans, all Rwandans, and by the way, some uh, historians argue that there really isn't a dime's worth of difference genetically or racially between the tribes. They, they, they look alike and that the original distinction was not based upon appearance or anything else. It was really based upon politics and it goes back generations. And the Hutus tried to completely wipe out the Tutsis wiped them off the face of the earth. That was just 28 years ago. America's that we, we've never had anything like that. With all the problems of slavery, nobody ever, nobody ever said, you know what, I've got an idea. Let's just kill all the slaves. And there were what turned out to be boneheaded proposals trying to, to repatriate everybody back to Africa, that, that was, when you've got, in the antebellum South, I think you had about 4 million uh, descendants of African slaves, 4 million African slaves and their descendants, some free blacks. You're not going to repatriate 4 million people. You're going to send 4 million people across the Atlantic Ocean. 
I mean, that was preposterous. And even though James Monroe thought maybe he could do that and started, of course, Liberia, how's that worked out? I'll tell you what, I'm very happy to be an American. I'm very pleased. In fact, sweet land of liberty, (laughs) reflections of a patriot, a patriot descended from slaves. But I say to the Cory Bushes of the world, to the AOCs of the world, you don't have to stay here. That's what freedom is all about. You don't have to stay here. You can go live in one of these African countries where you think, you know, it, it, I mean, everybody looks like you. If that's so important, go live there. Here again, I'm not trying to be mean or nasty about it. I'm just, I'm trying to understand why people who seem to hate the country and think so little of it nevertheless want to stay here and they think they're going to somehow fundamentally transform it to be made, remade in their image. And it's not going to happen because people like me all across this nation will not allow it. like me and you, will not allow it. So forget it. It's not going to happen. We're going to reverse some of the cultural poison that has been, in fact, we're going to reverse it all, frankly. The cultural poison that has metastasized, the cultural cancer, maybe I should call it, that has metastasized in our country and that is threatening to undermine the cultural hegemony of our country. We're going to reverse that. So they can call it what they want to call it, but it's coming. And I'm not talking about violence. I'm talking about an awakening. I'm talking about an awakening that's going to turn this situation around. Who knows? Maybe even the likes of Cory Bush and the Congressional Black Caucus. Maybe, maybe those folks will even get saved. Maybe they'll even come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ and begin to have a biblical worldview and a Judeo-Christian worldview and begin to see America for what it is. A bright, shining city on a hill. Their greatest nation on earth for anybody to fulfill their God-given potential. Yeah, even they. See, I'm not interested in their destruction. I'm interested in their conversion. Listen, God bless everybody. That's going to do it for today. I didn't get to my second topic. I'm going to hold off and do that tomorrow. So in the meantime, God bless you. Stand up, step up, speak up, refuse to back up because we cannot be defeated if we will not quit because we are on God's side.